What if David Revere had never accepted a job at Shields? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, there's the. the I mean, it's a totally it's, different story. It's catastrophic. Every interaction that we have with another person has a ripple effect forward that we cannot even calculate. <laughs> Life experiences that are tangled in leadership. This is the 2120 Podcast. You know, we're just two guys that started a podcast over coffee, talking about some of the things that we learned through leadership and business. And we decided to make a show about it, bringing you the insights and experiences that you can apply in your work and in your relationships. But we are so glad you're here because passing life lessons on is a gift we can all benefit from. Well, I think everybody's different. You know, I know one of my good friends, you know, he he wants to be retired now so he doesn't miss any activities that his kids have. Yeah. And then once the kids move out, then he says, like, I'll go back to work, I'll, I'll go back to work and do this. And I think that's genius. I do agree. You yeah. know, like you're, you're never going to miss any softball, any baseball, any activity that your son or daughter is playing in. And then when they move out and they start their, you know, their careers and schooling, whatever that looks like, then you go back to school because they're not in the house anymore. I mean, it's it's the other side where it's like, no, I'm going to work right now. And then when my kids move out and then I'll retire and I'll, live, I'll start living my life. I mean, there's there's so many different perspectives and so many different things that people want. You have to do what's best for for you. Like, I, you know, I, I, I told people that in 10 years, I want to walk away and do something different. You know, like whatever that looks like. I'm going to be 50 years old, financially in a good spot. Like I could just say peace out and, and do something different unless I'm truly like loving what I'm doing. And who knows what's going to happen in, in, in 10 years. Like the, the world's the world's changing. Our business is changing right now. Like we're adding new positions and, you know, we're attacking things in different areas. So like you may, you may not leave, you know, there's, there's the ones too that say, well, if you love what you do every day, you'll, you, you've never worked a day in your life. And sure. But I tell you what, like I could find if, if I was financially good to go in retirement, like I could be, I could ride my bike more. I could go golf. I could go out with you and have a beer. Like I could find ways to occupy my time and truly love that, mm-hmm. you know? So everybody's different. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that, you know, I've, I've had a job since I was old enough to have a job. 16 years old. I was, I was working to, you know, now 41 and, I'm working hard now and doing, putting the time in now so I can one day not have to worry about it. Um, you know, there are people that make bad decisions their entire life and they're 75, 80 years old still working because they have to, like they, they don't have nothing to fall back on. You know, it was truly a freaking gut punch for me was I was talking to one of my I wouldn't call him one of my fishing customers, but he's just a customer that I met at Shields. And he was talking about, I'm getting ready to retire. And I think I've told you this story. I can't remember. And I'm like, okay, when are you done? End of the year. I'm going to be done. I got I, my wife and I, are gonna, we're going to live life and we're going to, we're going to figure it out. And I'm like, this is so cool. I can't wait. And literally he came in, it was like the end of December. And I'm like, holy crap, you're about ready to retire. And he started to cry. And he said, my wife was just diagnosed with terminal cancer. I can't remember which, which cancer it was. She has so much time to live. Don't live your life working so that you can end your life 
doing something else. Like he, it was just the biggest gut punch for him. Like they were so excited to retire together and enjoy life together that life dealt them a bad hand now. And she's not in his life anymore. Now, fast forward till today, like I see him on a fairly regular basis. You know, he's doing good. You know, his family surrounded him and like, he seems like he's happy, but man, like you're, you're working towards that end retirement goal where you're every day, a piece of life goes away, you know, instead of going, okay, I'm going to find ways to live every single day and enjoy it. So like when that day does come, sure, we're ready, we're ready to go, but I'm, I'm not going to miss out on the day-to-day life just so I can get to this end number or, of retirement. And then, okay, now it's time for us to live, you know, live, live now in the moment. So I'm just sitting here in my view, in your office here, you have a, a picture and it is a picture of a teeters hotter. Mm-hmm. And on one end on the right side is an elephant. And on the left side is a butterfly. Yep. And the interesting thing is, is the elephant is up in the air. The butterfly is down on the ground. Right. So from a weight perspective, it doesn't make sense. Sure. And the saying on it says, what do you remember? Yeah. You know, right? uh, dreams weigh more than excuses. Excuses. Yeah. Dreams weigh more than excuses. And I think at times <clears throat> it is easy to use an excuse. It's easier to give or accept an excuse, you know, on something about your future and your dreams because dreams can be scary. You know, it, you think about the guy that you were just talking about. I mean, they dreamed about retiring mm-hmm. and they made plans when we retire. Uh, there there's times like on a daily basis where, and I'll just say, you know, for Beth and I, we can make an excuse. Well, we didn't have time to get to that today. We'll do it on the weekend or, you know, whenever I, I didn't, I, I didn't have it. It's and it's, we're telling ourselves a lie. I mean, there's, Mm-hmm. we can make it a priority to do. And it might be something simple. It might be something not all that important, like, um, you know, something with a house or whatever. But I think that begins to come into your mind and you can have a mindset that, well, this is just how it's going to be for me. And I don't want to live my life that way ever. Dreams way more than excuses. I don't know if I understand what, what the, the the message is there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's one of those things I'm sitting here just kind of pondering a little bit because an excuse is easier. Yeah. So therefore it's lighter. A dream is heavier. And if we want to step into it, it's going to take some, it's going to take time to do again. If it's scary, there's reasons that we talk ourselves out of it, but you know, just sitting here thinking about the whole retirement thing or, you know, what we were just talking about with living life. It's like, you don't need permission and you don't have to wait for anything. You can just go create it. And that's something I've over these past few years, I've really tried to figure out how to embrace and do better because I wasn't the guy that sat down at 20 and said, okay, I'm going to map my life out and I'm going to work and chunk away at this. And here's how I'm going to, I just didn't do it that way. My brain doesn't work that way. And so, um, you know, like in Forrest Gump at the end, there's a little feather that floats away and he asks his mom, you know, like, is it, is it like, is it destiny or are we just like a feather floating on the wind? And I, I think in that movie, she says it's kind of a little bit of both, but I, I kind of think that's, that's true at times is like, there's, there's a path we can pursue and there's a path that um, is kind of like, you're just making it up as you go a little bit, but 
Yeah. Dreams weigh more than excuses. I think it's pretty profound. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not waiting, you know, like I, I just think things are thoughts are popping into my head. You know, I want to buy a, I want to buy a boat. I want to buy a cabin, you know, like all these things. Like if you can financially do it now, like do it now and like in, enjoy it, like find ways to go out and enjoy it. But like, don't, well, when I retire, I'm going to buy a cabin on the lake. Well, that's freaking 10 years plus out. A lot can happen in 10 years. You know, if, if like, and everybody's different, like if you're, if you're financially good and you can do something like that, then why, why not find a way to do it now? So you, you enjoy it for 10 years plus, you know, it's not, you know, you're not blessed with a meter of countdown that says you have, you know, 25 years to live, you know, yet like you're, you're living day to day and like finding ways to go out and do like Daniel and I are, we're in a good spot. You know, like if we need something, we go, we go out and get it. Like we don't, we're not living paycheck to paycheck. And there are some people that are, and it sucks. You know, they, they just can't do that. But, you know, I've always just early on, and maybe it's just what I've been brought up. Like my mom and dad said, you're working. As soon as you can get a job, you're working. Like they told me like right out of the gate, I'm working. You know, nothing was ever handed to me. And I wanted to work hard. I wanted to make money. I wanted to buy, be able to buy nice things. And, you know, like for me, um, I want the things that my, like I didn't have growing up for my girls. Now I, like I was, I was good. You know, like I was my, I, we had, I had a great family. So don't think like that at all, but like they, they need a new pair of shoes. I'm going to go buy a new pair of shoes. You know, like they need new clothes. We're going to go buy new clothes. They need the new, whatever for, for basketball, softball, gymnastics. Like we're going to go get it for them. We want them to know that they can have nice things too, but there's a fine line and Daniel was telling me a story there in, um, out of town at Wisconsin last weekend for soccer. And when you, when life becomes easy for them, they take that for granted and they just want something like, well, mom and dad have always just buy it for me. So mom, they, they should, you should buy it. Yeah. And I had two girls that were upset because they couldn't get something <clears throat> that they wanted one day. Yeah. You know, so like there's a fine line of just completely giving your kids anything they want or teaching them the value of working hard and earning it. And, you know, not just having that magical credit card in your back pocket that just magically swipes and you get whatever you need. Like, no, there's, there's a, like you have to pay for that now, you know? And I think that's where, you know, for me growing up, like I had to work so I could go out and have nice things. Like if I wanted a car, I had to have a job so I could pay for the car. It wasn't like here, here's your new car from mom and dad. Just drive it and enjoy it. Like I paid for my own own insurance. I paid for my gas. I paid for, you know, all the things, the, the tune-ups that, that it needed. It was never from mom and dad, but I, if I wanted those things, I had to work for it. Right. And it'll be no different when, when Addie turns 16, like if she wants a car, well, guess what you're going to do? Fairway's hiring. Like you're going to get a job and you're going to do things and, um, you know, you're going to help pay for that because that's how life is. Like you, you can't just, if you want someone to, to truly learn what life is all about, you can't give them just anything that they want whenever they want it. Like they have to work for it and they have to go out and they have to chase it and they have to put the time in and they have to get dirty and all, you know, all those things because the, the ones that are just given things every day, they don't make it. You know, as, as human beings, we were created to work for sure. Uh, it, it is in our DNA. <clears throat> I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast or with you 
it's it's kind of a beer conversation and this is a coffee conversation, but uh, so it gets deeper when there's a beer in a campfire, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the concept for me here is is that we're designed to work, but many people don't work. They do a task for 50 years, 30 years, 40 years, and call it a life. I think, you know, you said it a little bit earlier. It was like if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll never, you'll never work another day in your life. I think there's a little truth to that. And I think it's like, how do you, how do you process what that word work means? To me, work has always been a, a fulfilling thing, a meaningful thing. You're making a difference, not just in your life, but in other people's lives. Like that's what work is. And you can do that whether you are pushing a broom around a, you know, a shop floor or whether you are the CEO of a major corporation. It, 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 either way, it, it's about a mindset for the job slash task side of it. That is show up, do the minimum, collect a paycheck, and go about your, you know, your, your evening or whatever, come back and do it the next day. And you don't find fulfillment in it. You don't have satisfaction. You're not really making a difference and you feel a little empty, but there is a mindset out there too, where this is the way it is. That's just how my life is going to be. Cause that's how it was for my parents. That's how it was for their, their parents. So I guess that's just my, my lot in life. And I don't, I don't buy that for a second, a mindset around going and making a difference and how do you improve and how do you grow on a daily basis? Like to me, that's all wrapped up in the concept of work. I, I find work to be like you're creating something or you're doing something, you know, to, to a degree where you have this, I mean, it's fulfilling. It just, it brings life to you. It doesn't take life from you. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. In fact, work is pretty hard. Oh, for sure it is. So if I can take that into a place where either I've been an employee or now where I'm serving clients as a consultant or a coach or a trainer, I'm taking that mindset into that room. I don't, I don't go to task anymore. I have gone to task many days. Now I get to go to work. And that's a big part of, you know, just coming back to the dreams way more than excuses kind of thing is money's important. Um, financial independence and all those things are, you know, big goals. Freedom is a huge goal for me. And again, I, what I want to do is I want to have that I personally wanted to design my life now, and I didn't realize this at a young enough age where that was the priority. Freedom was the number one thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I learned that at a very young age that if I wanted to have nice things, I had to work for them. Yes. You know, I, I we learned, all learned that. Yeah. Well, most, most, many most, people most did. That. Not everybody. Um, I learned that I don't want to work forever. You know, I want to be able to be good to go and retire and not have to worry about things. But I knew that that comes with commitment and taking risks and being smart, you know, and saving and, you know, having a well diversified portfolio, you know, like they say, like having like not just having all your eggs in one basket and and doing that. And now that, you know, I'm 41 years old and I have ESOP and I have stock and I have, you know, 401ks and I have all this stuff. And it's at a point now where it's like, there's some significant money in there. Now it's like exciting where I want to work harder to get there faster. You know, I wish I would have 
been me now 10 years ago from developing people to looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. 10 years ago, I was working because I wanted to be the best. Now we're working so other people are the best and our company's growing faster and it's we're, we're doing better because we're training more, we're pouring into our people more, and we're doing more good. 10 years ago, could we be farther ahead today going man, if we would have done it 20 years ago, where would we be? Like, I mean, you, you, just, you just look at like ESOP numbers and um, we have year, all, all our years projections. I'm not gonna, I won't go into any of the numbers, but like it's, it's significant when we truly started, like there's almost a fine line on the board and on a year where we looked at it and went, we really started to develop our people and do more training there was the year we started. And then after that, the, the numbers went, they just started to skyrocket. Man, I would love to see, like, I don't need to see the numbers. Mm-hmm. Percentages would be fine because that's the world that I work in, right? And so when you, you just hit something so huge to me is that when the company decides to be very proactive about developing their people, very intentional about it instead of just allowing it, you know, well, it should, we, we got good people. So it's probably happening. No, we're going to make a concentrated effort to do it. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to teach it. We're going to train it. We're going to recruit it. And it, it just becomes self perpetual. Now you can like what you just said is now you can see the results of that. Well, for sure. You know, like it's a, it's I, a fascinating study to me. I'm one of the lead trainers in my store. And when I got hired, I had no orientation. I think I filled out an application. I had really no training on the overall job. I mean, I, I, I kind of just worked alongside someone, but I basically I just watched him do the job and then I just picked things up to now fast forward to today in our world, that would never ever happen in my store where they have no orientation. They have no training. They basically just say, okay, you know, they just get hired, put your shirt on and go figure it out. Like we've come a long way. How like, it frustrates me a little bit that what would have happened in 1999 if I would have gotten freaking a smoking awesome orientation, if I would have got mind blowing training from day one, where would I be today? Would I be farther ahead? Would I be doing or where, where, would it all still work out? And You're I probably would still, living in Fargo, <laughs> Fargo, <laughs> zero chance. I don't think, I don't think so. But like, like shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, the world of what ifs, like everything happens for a reason. Like I'm, I'm happy where I'm at today, but yeah, like as a trainer, when we have this new hire, it is our number one responsibility to make sure they receive mind blowing training, blow them away, give them all the tools they need to be successful and then let them run and, and be great. If we, if we are not doing that, we are failing. Mm. Like we have to look at every new hire as we're going to train them in a way that grows our ESOP, that grows our culture, that grows our business, that grows everything. And if we're not truly attacking it that way, we're, we're failing. You know, can we retire earlier with better training? And the answer is yes. Yes, it is. You know, can we can we retire earlier because we improve culture in our store? The answer is yes. Yes. You know, sales aren't the entire like. If, can we can we sell more and retire earlier? Yeah, you can sell more and retire early because business is good. 
but you got to do all these other things before people want to buy. You know, what's, what's fascinating about this is a couple of things. And I have a core story that I, that I deliver on this. So, um, it's, it's sort of a slash keynote or just like a, it can be a 15 minute, just quick conversation is what you just described was an intentionality around creating something of awesomeness, right? Of mm-hmm. excellence. Because what, what you talked about when you were first hired and you didn't have an orientation, it was just kind of figured out as you go. There's an accidental nature to that. And too many businesses go through life that way. It's, it's um, well, they'll just figure it out or they're not concerned about it. They're not, it's not on their radar. So it's very accidental. And for you, it was a happy accident that you had some great people come alongside that you've talked about numerous times oh, on for this sure. podcast and oh, for sure. me many times. Yep. But it could have been the opposite too. You could have had a poor experience, somebody that didn't invest in you, that didn't see potential in you. And um, Matt, you haven't had a 20 plus year career at one company with an ESOP and all these things. Mm-hmm. What you have now is you've been going to task for the last 15, 16, 17 years. Because that was, it might even be with the same company, but you're just like, yeah, well, it's just how it is going to be for me. It's got to be intentional. And so the businesses right now that are being intentional about it are setting themselves apart. It's amazing to see what's happening. The more that they catch on to what you were just saying, can you increase sales by building culture? Can you increase profitability and revenue by training and developing people? A hundred percent. Why is that such a hard thing for people to get? Like we get so caught up. I see this all the time. Businesses get caught up in the day to day. And don't, and don't lay this foundation that is solid to build people up and train, develop, teach, recruit around those things. Like it is just, it's, it's something that's a passion area for me. So when I find the the company that I get a chance to work with that wants to do those things, like, it's like, it's let's go. Sky's the limit now. Yeah. It's the day to day doesn't get you where you want to go. It's the day-to-day of planning and teaching and training. So in a, in six months and in a year and in five years, 10 years, they're still here like loving the business. You know, it's the longer, the longer, the longer you pour into someone and give them all the tools they need, they need the longer they will be successful and the longer they'll be with your company and all those things. But like if you just, you, you mail it in right out of the gate, you know, in 1999 or 2000, I could have easily just like walked away and went like, this is a joke. Yeah. And then maybe you were, maybe you pursued that career in law enforcement Who yeah, knows? or teaching or whatever, whatever right, that was right. like, yeah. I mean, my life could be totally different. And I, and I, I told David this, you know, this earlier this week, if he wouldn't have came into my life, there's zero chance I would be in that room talking to those people right now. Like I would have walked away because I'm smart. Like I, I, I was seeing things and going like, this is not how it should be. Like, this is, this is, this is not right. Like I should be getting more training. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working on this thing and I have no idea how to even use it. But I'm trying to figure it out. Like this isn't right. But because of some person saying, no, you're, I see some cool things in you. You're going to be great. Then I stuck with it and figured it out. But if he wouldn't have came into my life, there is zero chance right now. I'm talking to you doing something like this you know, Agreed. where I'm at I, in my life it. with my, yeah. with my family. Like it's, it's, it's too, it's too big. Every interaction that we have, with another person has a ripple effect forward that we cannot even calculate. David, let's just say circumstances one day were different and you, you don't meet David or David doesn't see the thing in you. 
because maybe he was too busy doing something else, right? Mm-hmm. What? Okay, so if if you take yourself out of the equation for a second, and Matt Fippen doesn't work for Shields, how is it different, right? Think of all the impact that you've had, all of the things that that um, you know. And this is good and bad, both, right? The impact can be good and bad, but we learn from the bad, you know, things too. So, but if you take yourself out of the equation for a minute. Shields is probably not as good as what they are today. And I don't mean that in a, you know, from an arrogant standpoint, I'm just saying you have helped develop people. You have noticed things, you have created things, you, you have led trainings that only you could lead in a certain way that's impacted people in a certain way. But when you start to peel it back, what if David Revere had never accepted a job at Shields? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's the, the, I mean, it's a totally it's, different story. It's catastrophic. Well, it, it's a totally different story. It's it's like all train a timeline, right? No, oh, yeah. It doesn't exist this way anymore. Every interaction that we have with another person can have a life altering impact. It truly can. For sure. And and this is what I mean by if you're gonna be intentional about it, then just get serious about being intentional about it. Accidents can be good, but there's a whole lot more positive that comes out of being intentional. For sure. All right. Well, I'm Matt. I'm Jim. We'll see you next week. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the 2120 Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Jim. And Matt and I want to ask you for a favor. If you've gotten something out of these conversations, if you've been entertained, or maybe you've learned something valuable that will help you improve or your business improve, then the best way to pay us back is to like this podcast give us a review and let others know about it. And that will help fuel our fire to keep going and keep bringing you awesome content. We'll see you next time.